Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, I'm going to uh, give out a, a phone number uh, if anyone wants to call in in about 15 minutes. The show is a 45-minute show. Usually about 15, 20 minutes into the show, I will uh, put up the uh, call number and uh, begin to take calls if we have any. Um, also, uh, you can join me in the chat room as well and ask any questions or comments uh, from that angle as well. All these things are welcome. Anyway, if you're first time uh, tuning in to Snake Oil Radio, I've been doing the show for a couple of years now. In fact, um, usually I do a monthly or sometimes twice a month show. Uh, now it looks like as of January we are going to be weekly here. Uh, and I will do the show uh, on Thursdays, usually at 2 o'clock um, Mountain Time. That's Phoenix time. Uh, you know, live for a 45-minute show. Uh, I will probably, uh, one of the shows will be an hour when I do my monthly interview show, so I'll be bringing that back as well. So uh, looking forward to that. We're starting off 2011 with a little bit more of an active show here so people can get uh, more familiar with the concept and and be able to check in more often. Anyway, uh, again, if it's your first time uh, tuning in to Snake Oil Radio, uh, basically I am a uh, columnist and a writer. I'm also a navigational consultant and a professional oracle reader. So my skills are in astrology and numerology and tarot and runestones and it's actually quite a few different types of oracles that I am uh, I am uh, very skillful in. So I do do private personal sessions with people in person here in my home office or by phone uh, as well. And uh, all that info is on my website if you'd want to uh, get contact me about that. Uh, I also am a uh, published author. Uh, I published a book a few years back called Dirty Little Secrets that's available on Amazon.com, or you can get that directly through me as well. And I'll actually be publishing my second book in uh, probably about the midpoint of 2011, Snake Oil Volume 1. And, you know, what Snake Oil Volume 1 is is it is a collection of my monthly columns. And one of the things I do here on Snake Oil Radio is I like to read my current monthly column and then talk a bit about uh, that subject and um, and I'll welcome callers to comment on the uh, on the column or their own input as well too absolutely or again a little later on we'll open up the phone lines potentially to uh, if you if anyone wants to call in and have a little five minute mini reading I do like to mention that um, I do have to keep these short. Uh, only because the, uh, the the our 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 time on air is not that long, so I've got to keep them five ten minutes maximum on a phone call. So uh, if you're looking to get more input from there, you can contact me for a private session. I am uh, very reasonably priced. All right. All of that said, so let's dive in here. I want to read my my column uh, to everybody here, and then I'll talk a little bit about this. And again, like I said, I'll open the phone lines a little bit later on. Okay, so. This month's column actually is a column that I wrote um, about four or five years back. So it is actually a repeat, uh, although uh, I, for most people, uh, they haven't been with me that long in following my column, so it's going to seem new to them anyway. So that's the beauty of having uh, done this uh, work for a number of years. Um, 
I have uh, I've acquired about 64, 65 columns already over the years. So uh, when I do a repeat from a few years back, most of the time people never heard it, or uh, or, or it's a good refresher. Anyway, so this uh, month's column is uh, Tell Me All Your Thoughts on God. Uh, some of the many names for God, um, all that is, higher self, the divine, the Tao, Wakantanka, the source. Uh, from time to time, I have a new client who nervously asks me if I believe in God. They also want to know if Jesus and Christianity fit into the work that I do with oracles. Uh, it's easy to recognize that often they are a little bit afraid that they might be displeasing God somehow by coming to an oracle reader. I don't mind answering this type of question. I actually enjoy explaining what my perceptions of God are. Having studied many different cultures, perceptions, and philosophies about what God is and isn't, I have quite a bit of knowledge to share about the subject. The majority of the people in the United States have been influenced by Christianity in one form or another. The smaller majority, who were not raised Christian, was still influenced by Christianity to some extent. Every time Christmas and Easter come around, there's a flood of television specials, commercials, holiday cards, and references to Christianity. It is understandable that Christian belief systems have such a powerful impact on this culture. Often other religious and cultural perspectives, especially oracles in any form, are seen as suspect. What very few people know is that one of the most commonly recognized oracles, the Tarot, is rich with Christian symbolism. Many Tarot readers are devoutly religious and have incorporated the wisdom of the Tarot into their religious beliefs. The Tagda cards are the tools of the devil, actually came from influences that originated as far back as the 14th century. It had become a fad during that time in France and England for people to use playing cards. Uh, playing cards can now be used as an oracle and share some similar attributes to the tarot, by the way. Uh, to read their own fortunes. This, not surprisingly, angered church officials who were afraid that people would stop seeking spiritual answers through the church and the church would lose some of its power. The idea that cards and divination in any form were dark influences that might lead a good Christian astray originated during Victorian times. To this very day, many religions still tell their parishioners that cards are evil. Some of the more fundamentalist churches convince their parishioners that, parishioners that even playing fun card games in any form is gambling and an influence of the devil. While the study of oracles have definitely contributed to my perspective around what God is, I've never actually questioned the existence of a higher power. Even during my childhood, I never doubted that there was something greater than us. The very order and the magnificence of nature made that unquestionable to me. A larger source and greater intelligence had to be responsible for the tremendous working complexity of the world and the whole universe. The idea that God was an old man in the sky with a white beard ready to punish us for our transgressions never made sense to me. And in many ways, this silly idea actually contributed to my decision to explore other religions, philosophies, and even oracles. Every culture has a somewhat different perspective on who and what they believe God to be, yet if you study the different perspectives, stories, and beliefs, it is easy to see that there are actually more similarities and differences. The Druids and other pagan earth religions see God in both masculine and feminine forms, although you will often find them leaning toward referring to God as the goddess. They believe that each person is born protected by the abundant love of the goddess. They have no perception of original sin. 
There's nothing a person could ever do to not be connected to the perpetual stream of nourishing energy that flows from the goddess to each one of us. Fear, self-loathing, and poor choices can temporarily disconnect one from this stream of love, but it would still be there if one allowed themselves to go right back to it. Studying nature itself in all forms is also considered to be a great asset in helping one to be more aware of God and the other world. Through my oracular studies of Viking runestones, I've learned that the Vikings used the runes as a bridge between the self and the self, with a capital S, the second self, the higher self, is a link to the divine. The runes are a tool that act as a compass for conduct. To pre-Christianize, the earth and everything created were alive with the energy of the source. Everything was seen as a pathway back to the greater source we were created from. The Lakota Indians see God as the great spirit or Wakantanka. The source is in everything and every act of creation itself. All of the many beautiful important rituals and ceremonies are tools to continually bring back one back to the source. Every part of nature has purpose and meaning. The elements of the sweat lodge, the great mysteries, and the supernaturals are all attributes of Wakantanka. I find it amusing when fundamentalists perceive me as doing the devil's work and leading others astray. I have the same reaction when clients tell me that their husbands, boyfriends, girlfriends disapprove of them coming to me to have their cards read. Anyone who has ever done any real exploration of astrology, numerology, runes, and any other oracle would never be foolish enough to doubt that when interpreted and used correctly, let's underline that part, (laughs) oracles can be very accurate. The doubts come from a lack of information and experience with oracles, as well as religious influences that demonize tools for enlightenment. While psychic charlatans certainly do exist in the world, and they in no way diminish the wisdom of oracles themselves. Oracles can be used to show us a map and a way to reach our inner wisdom, which comes from the divine. A common misperception is that oracles are only for prediction. While they've been used for that purpose, they are better suited for getting in touch with one's higher self. When I was a little kid, there was a popular song by Cher called Dark Lady. Dark Lady laughed and danced and lit the candles one by one, danced to her gypsy music till her brew was done. Dark Lady played black magic till the clock struck on the twelve. She told me more about me than I knew myself. The song, a quote from it anyway, <laughs> was deliciously appealing in the 70s because magic and power were as fascinating then as they are today, as evidenced in this phenomenon surrounding the Harry Potter novels and movies. Movies, television, some books sensationalize oracle reading, psychic work, and intuitive abilities. They may entertain us, but often contribute to the confusion and fear of things that are natural abilities and part of God or all that is. Each and every oracle I've studied has reminded me of my connection to the source, After literally thousands of readings personally and with clients, I long ago gave up questioning why they work so well. I need no religion to validate my spirituality and recognition of God or the Tao. It is in everything that I do, in every experience, in every area of my life. All that is, exists in every person, plant, animal, rock, or any part of our world. The Tao gave us the ability to choose what we experience in our lifetimes. We can even choose not to believe that God exists at all. God does not have an ego and is not offended by this choice. Even fear-based choices will eventually help us to learn and grow. All roads inevitably bring us back to the source. Thankfully, he or she also left us all kinds of signs and messages, including oracles, to help us find our way to enlightenment. 
Okay, so actually I wrote this piece um, back in May of 2007. Uh, hard to believe that that is uh, three, and a half, uh, three and a half years ago already. Uh just seems like yesterday. Um, uh, and anyway, so uh, I'll comment a little bit more on this. I want to say hello to Amethyst72. Um, I'm glad you have uh, joined us today. See a few other people have popped in and popped in and out of the um, in and out of the uh, chat room. So uh, again, if you're catching us live, uh, I want to talk a little bit about this subject, and then um, I want to throw up the phone number if anybody wants to call in and make any comments themselves. Um, I do have a you know a, a comment or a statement I should say here in the chat room from Amethyst72. Uh, who says, I have doubted most of my life and still have issues in trusting. Uh, yeah, you know, that is not a um, a strange thing to uh, for, for people to experience. You know, I think that one of the reasons that that's also the case is, you know, I think when it comes to God and religious influences and all of these things, it's such a mixed bag of what you get. Um, some of it, you know, I'm not a, I'm not here to put down religion. There are ministers and priests and rabbis and people of all faiths that are amazing and loving and 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 really are really are able to interpret things in a way that's beneficial to people. You know, there's also a lot of really kind of dark energy within many of these religions and places that that many of us spring from, <clears throat> in that sense, and people who misinterpret or who steer others. In you know directions that are you know fear-based or really make them question their own value and their self-worth. You know, also you know the other thing I think that that makes us sometimes doubt, maybe doubt the existence of God or or not really really understand it, can also be that you know few of us have gone through life and not had some type of um, horrible catastrophic or difficult experience at some time or another. You know what I mean? You lose your mother when you're younger or a sibling passes or you are cheated on in a relationship or, you know, you're you're ripped off uh or you have a tremendous debilitating illness to deal with or someone around you that you love has one to deal with or you know, there are things that will occur in life that are are difficult and I, and I really do think at times that these are when these things come up they can really make us question whether there is a greater source that that cares about us and uh, loves us and, and has concern for us you know those are not strange things here's the good news that I like to tell people you know if you doubt in God your higher self I like to say I like to I like to refer to God as all that is by the way that's kind of my thing um, I think I got that from from Jane Roberts uh, some years ago. Uh, I like the expression "all that is." Um, if you doubt that, you're not going to get punished for it. In other words, you know, <laughs> there's the good news. You're not going to you're not, you're not going to pass. You're going to have a angry God standing there and saying, you know, how dare you? You doubted me, you piece of crap. Now you're going to hell. In that sense, you know, again, it's so easy for us to project human qualities onto all that is in that sense, which is such a limited uh, perception of, of what all that is, is in that sense. And, you know, I have never really bought into the idea of, of the angry God syndrome. So, you know, back to my original thought, which is, again, why we sometimes doubt 
or have, have fear that will come up is, you know, again, when we go through these difficult experiences, or even if we watch them happening all around us, you know, you know, the tsunami or a huge earthquake that takes lives, it, it really can make us question um, whether there is an, an, any type of positive force there in that sense also. But what one of the things that I learned that I think was helpful to me in this area was um, – Years ago, and years ago, I, I read a book, and I may have commented on this before. And um, the book was a book about karmic astrology. And um, I really, actually, wasn't all that thrilled with the book. I thought it was kind of on the negative side. But one of the things that he did in the book that I found really, really fascinating is at the end of the book, um, he wrote uh, kind of like an allegory, a story about how God talks is talking to his twelve children. And the reference to the 12 children, of course, is the 12 astrological signs, you know, Aries through Pisces. So he, each sign comes up in God, and in the, in the allegory in the story says to each one of them, okay, Aries, this is what I give you. You will have this skill and this ability, and this is what your challenge, and this is what your test is. So um, it's really amazing, this little allegory that he wrote, because I think it really, really, really uh, clicked for me in that sense. In a way that, like, I'm a Sagittarius. My sun sign is in Sagittarius. We, you know, we all know astrology is a lot more complicated than that. But anyway, having a sun sign in Sagittarius, you know, his perception of what Sagittarius had to learn and what our skills and abilities were really was on target for me. It really, really clicked. But one of the things he, when when he talked to Pisces, and he said Pisces, he asked Pisces to come up. He said, Pisces, you know, I give you the ability to to understand God in a way that others will not. But the problem is when you try to explain to men and women, you know, when you try to explain to them what God is, they will not listen to you, for they will not understand. And then Pisces' job, your job is to collect the sorrow. And it was such a profound thing for me to read that. I'm not a Pisces. I don't have a lot of Pisces on my chart. It is in my chart, as it is in everyone's chart, by the way, astrologically. It may not be your sun sign or your moon sign, but you know, Pisces is somewhere in your chart, so we have a part of us that's Piscean in nature, even if it's not a pronounced aspect. But that line of collecting the sorrow was so profound to me because I think that what I got from that that was so sh- so powerful and shifting me was, you know, we have this perception that difficulty and sorrow were somehow bad. And while they're clearly a difficult experience is difficult, I don't know whether we should consider them necessarily bad. In a larger context, <clears throat> you know, more often than not, I found that some of my most difficult experiences have also been the most transforming, where, you know, my I've joked on this show many a time that um that, uh, you know, even like when I've had a relationship breakup, I mean, of course, like anybody, you're devastated, you can't believe, you know, your ex cheated on you or left you or, you know, whatever the trauma is. But my joke is I always say, you know, within a few months or certainly within a year or two, you know, I always kind of look back and think, thank God that you went away. Like, ugh, like I was over that. I didn't want to do that anymore. I wasn't attracted to anymore. I was not in sync with that. So, you know, that's kind of a, you know, mean a, a a common thing that I think people go through in that sense. So even the most difficult things can be absolutely transforming. So I think this thing about remembering that sometimes we have to collect the sorrow is really, really wise. It is part of the larger context 
of the experience that we have here. And if we can remember that, we can learn maybe not to collect too much sorrow. But you know what I mean? Like I, I purposely, sometimes I choose to watch a miserable, sad movie or listen to a Karen Carpenter CD, and every once in a while I'll do this. Not very often, but sometimes I just want to cry or I just want to feel emotional upset for a little bit. Then I'm finished. And people think I'm very strange, but I have to say that, you know, since I started doing that, I found I seem to have less trauma and difficult experiences in my life. It's almost like I'm honoring that part in a way. So let me... uh let me answer. Let me see. Amethyst, you, Amethyst, seventy-two. You write. I've had several traumatic things happen in my life, and now at age thirty-eight, single mother, going through medical issues that traditional doctors can't fix. I'm at a very low, challenging time in my life, trying very hard. I'm looking to holistic healing and learning them myself. Okay, so I'm going to use you as an example of this. I'm going to throw up the, the um, phone number here in a minute, also to, um, but uh, we can talk about this because you're asking a question here in the. Um, uh, here in the uh, in the guest room here, and I always appreciate your input. So let's talk about this a little bit, and I'm even going to probably do a little kind of mini reading poll for you at this point too. So you haven't asked, but you're getting in anyway, okay? <laughs> so anyway, but I guess you kind of did. So now 38 single mother going through medical issues, traditional doctors can't fix. Okay, so the medical issue, by by the way, itself would, would be very, very um, telling. You know, whatever is wrong with our physical body reflects back something that's going on emotionally or psychologically that's unresolved. So that's very key. So you might want to pop that in, too, if you're willing to express it. If you're not, that's okay. Also, um, that that's very significant. Remember, our bodies will always talk to us and tell us what, in essence, is, is going on in those terms. So this said, um, uh, when we're looking at you know, going through an illness, one thing I would I would suggest for you, uh, you know, at this point in the game, of course, would be, one, first off, you're going through a difficult, low, challenging time in your life. All right, one, you know, I think the last three years have been that way to some extent for a lot of people. So one of the things I, I love to remind people of that that is really, really important is this has been a tough couple of years, um, financially, emotionally, psychologically, there's astrological reasons for this. There's political reasons for this. There's all kinds of things going on. So, you know, I know very few people that haven't dealt with some type of difficulty in some form or another in the last couple of years. So the reason I'm saying that is realize that you're not alone. Other people are going through more challenges than maybe, we, you know, we experience back in other times in our lives in that sense. So it's really common. You know, I ran – I was uh, recently uh, – I, I met someone and I was hanging out with him and he – and we were going to go back and watch a movie at his place, and he apologized and said to me that he um, he lived in an apartment, and he used to have a house, but he lost his house. So he was very, very sorry that he only had a small apartment. And I was like, so you lost a house? What, you, what are you, like one in four people right now that have gone through that? That's not a strange thing. So what? We're going to your apartment. I don't care whether you have a house or an apartment. Anyway, it just made me laugh, but I, I see that in people, this, this sense of that their own stuff is just so difficult that they feel alone. In that way, so I'm just telling you, a lot of people um, are, are going through similar types of stuff at one level or another. So that said, here's what we see here. Okay, so now you're. I'm going to comment what you wrote as well too, so any of the listeners can also hear what's going on with you. Um, okay, so one thing I want to first mention too that you're going through a challenging period. Absolutely. So let's get rid of um, one of the things you're saying here is that you're trying very hard. 
uh, I, I always tell people, eliminate trying from your vocabulary. Trying implies the idea that you might not make it and that you could fail, but you're trying. So get rid of that. That's done. 86 set. No more trying. You're not trying. You are healing yourself, and you're getting uh, back up in your life to a more positive point. That is, you need to be very decisive about that, that there's no question in your mind that that's where that's going. So that's the first thing I'm going to suggest. So, and the fact that you're looking holistic healing and learning yourself is interesting because, you know, we hear the expression, heal or heal thyself. So you're obviously, you're going to learn a lot about this area and in all probability may even inevitably become an expert and inevitably heal others after you heal yourself. Now, that's the funny part about life. You know, really, in order to become an expert at something, we kind of have to walk through the minefield sometimes in some respects. So I really think that while I don't want to minimize the difficulty that you're going through, um, there's a purpose to this because I think that when you heal yourself, and that's the key, and that's why I want you to start saying that too, when you get yourself healed and all of this is resolved in that sense, you will find that when you work and help others down the line, you will find that you will have, um, you will have an expertise that others will trust in you in a way that will make sense. You know, anyone who, uh, if you're anyone who's read my first book, Dirty Little Secrets, it's kind of an amusing book. There's a lot of humor in it. There's a lot of spirituality in it, but there's also a lot of stuff about some of the horrible things that I went through when I was younger. So, but, you know, it's funny because here's the, the good news in all of this. You know, me having gone through difficulty has made me a much better counselor. I'm absolutely a much stronger counselor to people because they don't perceive me as some guy who's been couched in safety all of his life and had it really, really easy. So that's kind of what made me actually a better counselor and even a better writer and all of those other things as well, too, that I went through the crap. But see, the key is, and here's what I'm suggesting for you and anyone else who's even listening, you want to recognize that you're going through this crap, we'll we'll call it that very affectionately in that sense, because you're meant to move through it and then inevitably um, become a healer for others, but that you are going to move through it. That has to be unquestionable to you in that sense. So what you have mentioned here is you say you have recurring carpal, um, tarsal, and uh, cubital cubital tunnels, wrists, feet, and elbows, and have had five surgeries in three years. Yeah, that's a bummer. Five surgeries in three years has got to be a a difficult thing. So, but we look at, one of the things I, I absolutely want you to do, if you don't already have this Amethyst 72, and I say this to every one of the listeners, whether you're listening now or be listening in the future, guys, Pick up the book by Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. Um, it, it is a, you know, to me it's my joke of what I call the metaphysical Bible in that sense. You've got to have the book. Um, she tells you what the psychological, emotional causes are behind um, all these things, what your wrists mean, what your feet represent, what your elbows represent, all of those things in that sense. So it is absolutely um a very, very important thing to do. Uh, it's easy to get this book. It's been reprinted since the 70s. You can get a used copy, and it's still an excellent book to get, but it will really help you tune into that. I, I've, I've been studying this for so long myself in that sense that every time I feel like there's an emotional psychological block in the body and I sort of feel something happen physically, I immediately start resolving it at that level, and then it doesn't show up physically. You know, I, I am abnormally healthy. 
And uh, it's because of this perspective that I've taken. But, you know, what's funny is when I was younger, I was not healthy. I've written about this in, in some of my columns and my books. I was kind of a somewhat sickly kid in that sense. So we can change this pattern, and that's what I'm suggesting for you, uh, Amethyst72. You you can change the, pot, uh, the pattern, and you are in the process of doing that. Uh, I want to say hello to Oro Shango also. You know, I, you've actually been my, on my mind. I've been wanting to call... <laughs> into your your show as well too, so I'll, I'll I'll probably give you a little separate write later on about that too, uh, and maybe interview you on this show too. Oro has a show on Blog Talk himself, and he's in our chat room here too, so uh, I consider an honor that you are here. Okay, let me finish my thought here with Amos the seventy two. So I pulled a, a rune stone for you on what you're going through and what you're working on, Amos the seventy two, and I want to read a little passage to you. This is from the runic book itself. Um, it came up um, the harvest rune. So let me uh, read a little quick passage to you here, if I can find the page. Um, there we go. Okay. This rune is called Jera. It means uh, harvest, fertile season, one year. So this is in, in answer to your question, Amethyst, about your, your physical stuff you're going through. Uh, he says, this is a rune of beneficial outcomes. Jera applies to any activity or endeavor to which you are committed. But be aware, however, that no quick results can be expected. A span of time is always involved, hence the key words one year, symbolizing a full cycle before the reaping, the harvest, or deliverance. You've prepared the ground and planted the seed. Now you must cultivate with care. To those whose labor has a long season, a long coming to term, Jera offers encouragement of success. Know that the outcome is in keeping of providence and continue to persevere. Remember the old story about the farmer who was so eager to assist his crops he went out at night and tugged on the new shoots. There is no way to push the river. Equally, you cannot hasten the harvest. Be mindful that patience is essential for the recognition of your own process, which in its season leads to the harvest of the self. So this is kind of that reminder that you're pretty much on the right track. It's going to work out, and you're going to solve a lot of these things. It's going to take some time for that to necessarily happen. But that is the case here, so you can't rush it, and uh, and uh, it, it, you know th- there's resolution on the horizon because this is what I'm feeling here. I feel like you're putting yourself through this somewhat at an unconscious level. Of course, nobody gets up in the morning and wants to have surgeries and difficulties and physical stuff. I mean, trust me on that one. We don't consciously want to do that, but it's part of a process for you to heal yourself. Um, and uh, oh, let me okay, Oro. Uh, I know you got to go, so thank you. Yeah, I'm working tonight, unfortunately, but I'll, I'm going to check your schedule, and I will. I'll, I'll, I'll call in within the next couple of weeks. I'm going to find another time when I can actually call you, and I'll, I'll send you an email anyway. So thanks for checking in, Oro. <laughs> Peace. All right. Um, so uh, you know, back to what I'm saying here uh, with Amethyst uh, 72. Yeah, you know, you're on track with this. I know it's really, really tough because the physical can be so demanding in that sense. But one of the things that I want to suggest, because I have to, like I said, we have to break down what um, we see here with, let me see, you mentioned carpal, uh, I'm assuming that's carpal tunnel, uh, carpal tarsal and cubital tunnels, wrist, feet, and elbows have had five surgeries. Um, So, yeah, from what I know from from uh, carpal and, you know, I keep hearing the word tunnels here in that sense, too. So I feel like, 
you may at some level energetically have felt like you have had to dig around in some respects um, through life. Um, you know, when I hear tunnels, again, that's what pops into my mind, too, about or that you are, um, you know, somehow below the surface in that sense. So I feel like this is kind of a larger part of an experience for you about coming out about the illness and how you work through it and what you've learned and what you've moved through in that sense and really, really getting comfortable um, with uh, who you are and recognizing that your unique experience will be of value to the world. Um, and so you're mentioning here too severe in your feet. So our feet always have to do with the steps that we're taking in our life. So we're questioning our steps or we felt like we've taken wrong steps or that it's dangerous to move forward in that sense. So these are the things that you, you want to look at while you're working on this physical about healing in the emotional body itself because you really almost always find that the, the physical things that have popped up have a tremendous amount to do with um, you know, psychological, emotional damage that happened when we were younger that kind of get logged in the body in that sense. So um, you're on, but I, I'm I'm feeling like you're in that process. I feel like you're going to get directed to the people and the circumstances and the situations that will help begin to resolve this. One of the things that I also want you, you to do is I really want you to ask for help, and that is really finding the ability to ask spirit, ask the angels to help you and to guide you, and you can ask repeatedly. You're not being a pain in the ass in that sense. Ask them to help you and then trust that they will. I find a lot of times, you know, from, from the spirit realm and the other world, we have to kind of ask. Otherwise, it doesn't necessarily always come easy in that sense. Uh, okay, let me, I want to throw that, we've got about another 11, 12 minutes on the show, so I'm going to throw the phone number up in case anybody wants to call in. Otherwise, I'm going to keep talking on this subject and a few others. Uh, that call-in number is 646-200-3966. Um, and uh, again, that's uh, again six four six two hundred three nine six six. Okay, so I'm getting uh, someone else wants to uh, ask a question here. So yeah, so uh, Princess of Egypt um, ask, but I'm going to answer um, on the air uh, as opposed to typing. Uh, it's just not productive for uh, me to to type while I'm on the air. So if you've got a question, type it in and. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll answer a question from that angle. Uh, let's see. Did you get to send me a separate chat thing too? So yeah. So try to type that through, and we'll see if that comes. Through. Okay. Uh, like I said, I've only got a little bit more time here. So if you want to ask that question again, either call in or type that through, and we'll go from there. Okay. So it is okay for you to ask. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, so that's what I, I want you to look at. I mean, Amethyst, uh, yeah, trust that you are, um, you are in this process in that sense. But it, it, it can't be rushed. The healing of the body can can take some time. But I feel like that the fact that the, uh, the surgeries haven't really necessarily helped as much as you'd like them to was was really pushing you to look into alternative therapies. In that sense, which I know can be tough at a practical level um, because it it can cost. Um, it can cost out of pocket, you know, as opposed to being able to use insurance or things of that nature. So, anyway, um, but yeah, keep on it. You're you're on the right track, and and then and ask for help with it. In that sense, and ask for the help, and then know you're actually going to get it. 
in that sense, you know, um, and really, really trust that. Um, uh, okay, so let's see what Princess of Egypt is asking here. So she says, I would like to know when you see my boyfriend will mention to me that he wants to come meet my family in California, ask my father for my hand in marriage, and when will he be here? So it's two questions. When will he mention and when will he be here? Um, well, okay, let me answer that to the best of my ability. You know, predicting an exact time on things, not really the easiest thing to necessarily do because of people's, um, you know, um, uh, people's uh, vector choices and, and what they're they're making in life in that sense. Uh you know, I am feeling like, let me see if I'm going to pull an oracle on this, if I can get some insight for you on this that way. Uh, okay, so let's see what we're getting about that question. Um, you know, I, I almost feel like, I, I feel like you're dealing with a certain level of frustration because he's not really taking the action that you'd like him to. And um, I'm actually going to suggest something to you at a very practical level to move this along. You need to kind of nudge him a little bit that it's time. Because I feel like, I'm not feeling like he doesn't want to. I'm feeling like he's nervous about that and uh, being overly cautious. And even when I, when I feel like I say dragging his feet, I feel like he's dragging his feet, not because he doesn't love you or care about you in that sense. I mean... I feel like he's he's just being overly cautious and almost a little bit afraid to do it. So I do think it's going to happen in the next couple of months. In fact, I, I am thinking it's going to happen by February. But I think you could move it along um, by kind of mentioning that you have this traditional perception of how you'd like that to be and, and asking that in that way. Sometimes, you know, I, I notice this a lot when I talk to women. A lot of times... Um, one of the problems that women will go through is uh, often women will not verbally express what they want and assume a man should know. So I, I can see the fr I can feel the frustration in this for you in that sense because you really like it to kind of happen a lot more magically <laughs> in that sense. I think it inevitably will, but I think that um, there is something to uh, being willing to uh, to kind of nudge along a little bit and say, hey, listen, this is I, I need you to. You know, I need you to, there's a couple of things. I want you to talk to my dad inevitably. I mean, you know, uh, do it in your own time. But um, I, I think you could talk in that way that it would be a benefit. You, you know it's going to happen. I think the real the issue is it just seems like it's taken forever in that sense, uh, Princess of Egypt, that that's what's bugging you is that the timing that it's taking for this to occur. So, again, in answering your question, I feel like he will. I think that's going to happen by February. Uh, you guys are saying to me that um, it will likely come about um, toward the beginning of the uh, new year. But um, I feel like you could move this along a little bit in a productive way if you wanted. So it just would be getting out of your own way about being so annoyed at him not being taking that kind of strong action. You know, the female psyche, of course, you know, you want your guy to be strong and confident and, you know, you don't want to have to ask. But it isn't a crisis to do that in that sense. I feel like um, he, he's overwhelmed by the, that process and working up the courage to necessarily do it. But I do feel like it's going to happen. So I think you're okay in, in that sense. I feel like that this is kind of a meant-to-be thing. Okay, so that's my uh, 
that's my answer to this uh, question here. All right, I hope it was a help to you. I have to pop this off, though, otherwise I can't see the other things here. Okay, uh, let's see if I can get that to happen. Okay, all right, so, yeah, so that's my that's my answer there. Okay, I'm getting a quick call. I'm going to have to make this very fast, though, so. Hello, 626, you're on air. How are you? Hello, who's this? This is Brandy from California. Hey, hey! Listen, I'm only gonna have a couple minutes to talk. So if you gotta ask a question, I'm gonna need you to do that fast. The show's gonna run off in okay. about four minutes. Okay. Sorry, real quick. I wanted to know when you pick up that I will um, see my boyfriend again next. He, so I wanted to know when you pick up that I will. He will come, and when will we reunite again? Uh, how long has it been since you've seen him? Um, since like maybe like a few months. Um. Yeah, because they're saying that he pops back in, um, like, around the holidays. So I'm feeling like that's going to come up, actually, in probably late November to early December. So, awesome. um, and it's funny. What's that? Awesome. I said awesome. Yeah, he pops back in. I definitely see. In fact, um, I feel like also it's interesting. You're also going to kind of get an explanation for why he's been kind of in and out in that sense. Okay. That will finally make awesome. sense to you. I feel like there's some pieces that you haven't gotten fully yet, mm-hmm. in that sense. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, and I know because it's a little bit troubling, but they are saying he's popping back in again in that sense. And then I, I'll even, you know, I feel like he shares, but he doesn't always share completely, in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's more that he's not hiding as much as I feel like sometimes it's he just feels like he needs to take care of stuff and not burden you. Yeah, I understand. I totally understand that. In terms of that personality, yeah. So that's what I feel like. So I'm not feeling like he's hiding. It feels more like, like I said, it's just stuff that he's finishing up. Keeps saying to me, yeah, but he's back in. He's not gone, but by any means, in that sense, I feel like um, he he kind of pops in and things start going forward again around that point. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tim. I know you're You're wrapping up, and I just marked you as a favorite. So hopefully, I'll tune in your next shows. Absolutely. Thank you for calling in. I wish I had more time, but I'm going to have to sign up. So uh, thanks, have a for, thanks for calling day. in, though. All righty. All righty. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, so I want to thank everyone who uh, did call in or ask a question. Uh, I always appreciate it from all angles here. Um, okay, so uh, an answer to Amethyst 72 question. Yeah, weekly, starting in January, I'm going to be uh, every Thursday around this time. Uh, I'm biting the bullet and, and, and diving into the commitment of a – a weekly show. So, uh, yeah, that will start in January. I'm going to do uh, probably one more. I'll do one more show in, in December, and then we'll start going weekly in, in January. If you're not already getting my monthly newsletter, um, you can email me at VenturaSage at Yahoo.com or VenturaWords at Mac.com and get on my monthly um, newsletter column mailing list. Um, you'll know when shows are going to be on. You get information about my books. You'll get to read my monthly column. You, you know, in essence, reading my books before they uh, get put out in the market because that's what my books are. They're my column, and uh, so that will be available to anybody. It's free of charge, and uh, so you're certainly welcome to to sign on for the newsletter. It's easy enough to do. And uh, again, sometimes I do specials for readings and things of that nature, so you can always contact me for a private reading. And from the mailing list, again, you'll often be able to time that where you can get uh, discounts and various other things. What? Okay. So, uh, again, I thank everyone for, for tuning in today, and I appreciate all of the calls and um, as well. 
So uh, a special thanks to uh, Oro and uh, Amethyst as well for uh, you know for for especially for Amethyst for being willing to talk about what you're going through because um, that's kind of part of it. That's what you want to do. You want to get comfortable in knowing that your experiences are valuable uh, for others here and also for you to to express. So, okay, so it looks like we're finishing up here. And, again, I want to thank everybody for, for checking out uh, Snake Oil uh, Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. And I wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. A little trick I would suggest is, you know, look at the things you want to manifest in your life and create for yourself. And, you know, be thankful for them as if they've already happened. You know, almost you know, it's almost like a game in the psyche. You know, be thankful that, for instance, Egypt, be thankful that your boyfriend uh, finally talked to your father and asked you to marry you, and it turned out to be perfect. And and thankful for my caller that her boyfriend came back. And for Amethyst, thankful for the healing of the body. Say thanks for it, because that's what you'll manifest if that's what you focus on. That's what we got to do, guys. we got to shift gears and get out of the dark place. And we all have the power to do it. And God, all it is is on your side. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great night, and we'll catch up with you next month. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.